Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jared. I'm the worship leader here at Leroy UMC. This week, we're continuing the sermon series titled Show and Tell. And without further ado, we'll pass it over to Pastor Matthias. Well, friends, uh, this morning, we are continuing with this month's sermon series, uh, Show and Tell, the Early Church. Uh, as we've been mentioning, the idea for this series uh, is that each Sunday I'll bring in some uh, item or some historical object uh, from the early church or an object that speaks to the early church. And this morning uh, I have for you a uh, Roman fibula or what we might call just a brooch that would have been worn by a Roman soldier. Uh, so uh, it's made out of bronze, it has a little, uh, or an arched bow with some decoration on it, uh, a pin and a clasp, and if you were a soldier in the Roman army, you would have used this to fasten on uh, your cloak or some other part of your uniform. It was kind of a standard issue, part of a, a soldier's uniform, and what's really interesting is that this particular uh, style of fibula called an akissa, which is way more information than you need to know. But this particular style uh, was used from the first century BC to the first century AD, which means that this probably would have been worn by a Roman Possibly a Roman soldier stationed in Galilee when a man named Jesus of Nazareth was being crucified, or possibly by a soldier scattered somewhere in the empire when a new religion called Christianity was just starting to spread. Uh, and there is even a chance, it is a faint chance, but a possibility that it could have been worn by a Roman soldier who was a Christian. But that gets complicated, as we'll talk about this morning. Uh, and our scripture reading this morning uh, is Psalm 1. Uh, it's a popular psalm. Uh, for those who may not know, and just to give it context, uh, the psalms are basically uh, hymns. They were poems that the Hebrew community of faith would have sung and said together uh, as a people of faith. However, I am uh, restricted by court order for the public good from singing, so I'm just going to read this psalm, if that is okay. Uh, but Psalm number one, friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of mockers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish." Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, please pray with me. Lord of truth, if this message speaks your truth, then let it be heard by someone here and remembered. But Lord, if this message does not speak your truth, then let it be forgotten in a moment. 
And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We are all being shaped by something, whether we know it or not, whether we can admit it to ourselves or not, and whether it is something beautiful or something ugly, we are all being shaped by something. And that is what scared the early church when they thought about Christians enlisting in the Roman army. You see, being a Roman soldier in the first century world was very different from being a soldier in the 21st century world. And don't think apples to oranges different, think apples to elephants different. And maybe the biggest difference is that being a soldier of Rome didn't just mean that you had to march, to train, to fight, and to serve, but it meant being surrounded at all times by spirits. The Roman military was built on pagan religion, on what we would think of as superstition. Roman soldiers were required every year to take a religious oath of allegiance called the sacramentum that pledged their faith and allegiance to the emperor as a god. Soldiers marched behind military standards called signa that were actually thought to have divine power and were thought to be so holy they were actually kept in little sanctuaries when the army was back in camp. Soldiers were expected to sacrifice to Jupiter every January. They venerated Mars. They commemorated famous generals like demigods. They followed cults dedicated to military ideals like the cult of discipline. They practiced popular foreign cults like the cult of Mithras, not to mention they were a part of a culture that glorified violence, a culture that mixed its militarism and its love of weapons with faith. The Romans thought the gods wanted them to be armed to the teeth and ready to kill. And when church leaders, theologians like Tertullian and Origen of Alexandria, when they imagined what it would be like for a Christian to sign up and be a part of this lifestyle, this system, this environment of constant pagan devotion, they thought that a Christian couldn't do it. They argued that it would be impossible to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind while making sacrifices, taking oaths, and spending every day around every cult imaginable. And sadly, those church leaders were probably right. One of the most interesting things that historians have begun to understand is that one of the most important effects that this regimen of sacrifices, oaths, and cults would have had on an ordinary soldier is that over time, slowly but surely, it would have changed them, would have shaped their beliefs, shaped their habits, shaped their views, shaped their identity. The great fear about Christians joining the Roman army was that the more time you spent in the legion, the more the legion would shape your way of life. 
The more times you pledged your faith to the emperor, the deeper your commitment to the emperor actually became. The longer you spent around comrades who believed in Jupiter and Mithras, the more likely you were to start believing in Jupiter and Mithras too. And the more time you spent listening to Caesar's words, the less you were being formed by the words of God. The great threat to our faith and the very difficult challenge that this little piece of Roman military history reminds us of is the fact that we are all products of our environment. We may not want to admit it. We much prefer to think of ourselves as independent, free-thinking masters of our own lives, but human beings are designed to change, to adapt to our environment, and not just our physical environment. I'm not just talking about climates, but more significantly, we are designed to adapt to our social environment. In psychology, it's known as social influence. It's the way in which our behaviors, our attitudes, our emotions, our personalities, even our beliefs are influenced and formed by the people, places, groups, and ideas that we surround ourselves with. And usually this happens in really subtle ways, really ordinary ways. You might hate reality TV or fix-it shows, but if you start sitting next to your spouse while they watch it, it may not be long before you start peeking up from your phone or your tablet to watch more and more of it yourself. Or you might have been taught growing up never to cuss and never to curse, but if the folks at work cuss all day long, you're bound to start letting a few words slip here and there. One research study even found that if you regularly eat with people who eat a lot of food, you're more than likely to start eating more too. But then again, sometimes the change happens in much larger, more consequential ways. You can tell yourself again and again that you are a smart, gifted person, but if you listen every day to someone tell you that you are a moron and no good, it's just a matter of time before you start to believe it. You can have an optimistic view of the world, but if you start regularly listening to a news channel that reports every day about horrible, terrible things that are happening, it won't be long before the world starts to become a very frightening place. We are all shaped by the people we choose to spend our time with, by the toxic or healthy situations that we live with, by the media and information we choose to listen to, we are all formed by the rivers we choose to plant ourselves by. Or at least that's how the poet behind Psalm 1 puts it. A shallow reading of Psalm 1 would say that it's a psalm about how Good things always happen to good people, and bad things always happen to bad people. But that's not true. That misses the grander point that the author is trying to make. 
Psalm 1 isn't simply about being righteous or being wicked. It's about whether we are being formed in righteous or unrighteous ways. Think of Psalm 1 as a poetic introduction to the whole book of Psalms that presses you to ask not just what kind of person you are now, but more importantly, what kind of person you are letting yourself become. Blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of mockers, the poet tells us, because if you follow the advice of the wicked, it won't be long before you start acting wickedly. If you take the path that sinners tread, it's only a matter of time before you reach a sinful place. And if you sit in the seat of mockers long enough, you're bound to become an angry mocker too. Pay attention to where you stand, where you walk, where you sit, and who you do these things with, Scripture warns, for these things will shape you over time. But blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord, they say. Blessed are those who meditate on God's word day and night, because when you find ways to sit with God's word, it won't be long before that good news begins to shape you day and night. That's the real challenge and the real hope behind this psalm. When all is said and done, we do not get to choose whether or not we are shaped by something, but we do get to choose what is going to shape us. We are all products of our environment, formed by the people, places, habits, and above all, by the words we listen to each day, but the flip side of that fact is that we get to decide if we are going to be products of the words of Rome, the words of those who try to hurt us, the words of the media, the words of the left or the right, or the words of God. And make no mistake, that is exactly what Scripture is meant to do. The Bible is not a dead collection of ancient myths and nice teachings. It is a living, breathing force. And the more you sit with it, the more you get to know Scripture like a friend, the more you immerse yourself in its world more than in the world, the more it will shape you. As William Willimon once put it, the words of Scripture are not spoken merely to elicit agreement or noble feelings among the hearers, but rather to form and reform the hearers. As David Kelsey says, we come to the Bible not merely asking what does the Bible say, but also what is God using the Bible to do to us. That's a remarkable thought. We are, all of us, constantly being shaped, formed, and reformed by the world 
we choose to create around us and by the words we choose to listen to. And Scripture is a living word that has the power to not only form you, but to form your world. So blessed are those who find little moments each day and night when they can listen to God's word of hope more than to the world's news of fear. Blessed are those who seek out people who can build them up with God's words of love rather than tear them down with words of judgment. And blessed are those who find places where they can sit and delight in stories, miracles, beauty, and the hope of God's good news more than in the angry delusions of fearful emperors and pagan armies, for they are like trees planted by streams of water. They bring fruit in their season, and their leaves do not wither. And you know what the really beautiful thing about that metaphor, that image that Psalm 1 gives us is? The Hebrew word for planted doesn't just mean to make the choice to plant something, but to make the choice to transplant something. Which means even if you find yourself planted in a toxic environment that hurts you, or in a dry climate that doesn't love you, it is never too late to replant yourself in a new place with new people, by new habits and by new rivers, where you can be shaped by new words of grace. Whether we know it or not, can admit it or not, and whether it is by something beautiful or something ugly, we are all being shaped by something. That's what the early Christians feared when they thought about Christians being part of the Roman legions. The fear that over time they would come to be shaped by Rome's world more than by Christ's kingdom, and by the emperor's words of hate more than by God's words of grace. And countless centuries later, the psalmist still challenges us to ask ourselves What am I allowing to shape me? But the remarkable hope on the other side of that fear is that we can always choose to be shaped by words of grace, by the stories of a Savior who came so that you could find a new world, by the good news of a gospel that speaks of redemption and by planting our lives every day by the streams of living water that can make any lost soldier blessed. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. Holy God, when the world tries to change us with lies, may your word always be there to shape us with life. God, give us the wisdom and the will to sit with your stories of hope, of forgiveness, of redemption, and to let those stories become our new world 
forming our new lives. Let your scriptures be a delight to us and let your good news be a new chance for us that we might become soldiers of grace rather than of Rome and servants of your peace rather than of worldly division. Christ, let your words change us into your children and let our world be changed as you send us out into it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A reminder, Sunday, July 25th through the 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. will be Vacation Bible School. We hope all the kids have a great week learning about God and having a fun time doing so. God bless and keep you safe this week. Go in peace.